Hello and welcome to another summer classic edition of No Wrong Choices, featuring interviews from our old Sirius XM show, The Fellas. I'm Larry Samuels, soon to be joined by Tushar Saxena and Larry Shea. Now, before we get too far into this, I should point out that our old show was 98% sports, but it just so happens that today's conversation that we're featuring is a perfect example of what we're doing with No Wrong Choices, as it's Lou Holtz sharing what he learned from his career journey. The, 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 the parallels couldn't be better. Now, if you enjoy this episode and others, please support us by clicking subscribe on your podcasting platform while giving us a five-star rating. You can also connect with us and check out other episodes at NoWrongChoices.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, and now X by searching for No Wrong Choices. Now for the setup. So from what I remember, Coach Holtz was in the building, Tushar and Larry Shea were were walking around and, and somehow managed to, to get access and secure a studio. And, and with that in mind, uh, sound incredibly prepared. Tushar, why don't you lead us into this one? First of all, I take offense at the fact that you say we sounded prepared. We were prepared <laughs> for this interview. We were very prepared. All right, of course. so this interview actually was supposed to be the three of us, but it so happened that Coach came into the building early that day, like really early, like six hours early before he was supposed to record with the three of us. So he wasn't going to stay for six hours waiting for the three of us to record. And Shay and I, we work in the build. We were, we were working in the building at that point. And somehow I was there a little bit earlier than normal. And we met up with his people, or at least I met up with one of his people and said, Hey, can you guys get this done now? Blah, 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 blah. And luckily there was a studio that had about an hour's worth of free time. Now, back in the day at Sirius, you had to actually book time to get studios. It was very hard to do that sometimes. And we managed to find a studio which had no one in it for one hour. So we took this studio. And I'll tell you what. It was magical. Because, first of all, Lou Holtz is a character. Everyone knows who, who's ever seen Lou Holtz or seen him talk, heard him speak. He's a character and one of the most inspirational men you'll ever see. A guy who should never have been a football player. You don't know how this man is a football player. He sounds goofy, but somehow this man is a legendary person. Not only, not only, not only a legendary uh, a college football coach, but obviously he had his time with the Jets, which wasn't so great. But I grew up a Notre Dame fan, and for me, this was one of my most special interviews ever when we were on The Fellas, when I had the opportunity to speak to Lou Holtz. And we were a little bit worried about, hey, would we have enough to say? Would we, would we be, caught, would we, would we be caught, caught short? All I remember saying to Larry Shea was, Larry, don't worry about it. All we have to do when Coach comes in is say, hello, Coach, and the rest will work itself out. Yeah, I remember the book, too. I remember digging into that book and reading the stories and every single story seemed to have a lesson to it, right? And then, of course, yeah, in walks this legendary coach and, you know, it becomes reality in front of your eyes. And he was every bit what we imagined and what the book kind of lent itself to be. Every story had a lesson. He comes from super humble beginnings and goes over it in this interview, which is fascinating. But a sense of humor, a self-deprecating humor, and it was a magical time. I think you put it right, T. It was magical, and I really enjoyed a lot of what we talked about here, and I'll never forget it. The book Larry Shea is referring to as Wins, Losses, and Lessons in Autobiography. Here is Lou Holtz, courtesy of SiriusXM. 
Welcome back to the fellas right here on Serious Sports Action 123. I'm your man T. Daddy, Tushar Saxena, joined by Larry Shea right across the way. And in studio we have one of the great college coaches of all time. i got to be honest, I grew up uh, a Notre Dame fan, and the reason was because of this man sitting in studio <laughs> with us. And now he has a book, another one of his books out, this one, an autobiography of his life and times called Wins, Losses, and Lessons. The, autobi- the autobiography, of course, is by the great Notre Dame head coach, Lou Olds. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure, and I might point this out. I've now written more books than I've read. So, <laughs> <laughs> One of the very first books I ever read by you, of course, was The Fighting Spirit about the uh, 1988 uh, championship season. Great book. Well, what happened on that book? They came to me after the 1987 season and said, we'd like to do a book on what it's like to be a coach at Notre Dame. You know, all the different pulls and tugs on you and so we were going to write the book so we taped every team meeting we had a weekly journal of what we did and consequently we won the national championship we were able to really and truly reconstruct the seasons that went along because we were planning on writing a book we weren't planning on writing a book on winning the championship Coach, I've I, I read the book. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful story. Your anecdotes and your funny, dry sense of humor comes through <laughs> in the book so well. I just found so many of the stories fascinating. What was the inspiration behind writing this book? Well, I didn't want to write an autobiography because I think autobiography uh, is boring. You know, after I die. In three days, when people find I'm not going to be resurrected from the dead, don't forget it. <laughs> and, and, and so you don't bother to write an autobiography because it's like problems. Don't tell people about your problems because this is what I found. 90% don't care, and the other 10% are happy you got them. So I said, <laughs> I, I really don't wish to write an autobiography. They said, well, how about writing one of the things you've learned? And whether it be Notre Dame, Minnesota, Arkansas, growing up, everything else, there, there are different lessons that I've learned and I try to pass on in the book in a humorous, and yet everything in there is accurate. When I finished the book originally, I had 600-plus pages. Oh, wow. And they said, well, we, we can't have a book that long. Your name's not Mr. Clinton. So <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> what is your name, Homer? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Homer. So we, we got to narrow that thing down. So. They, they 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 decided what would go into the book and what would not. The voice you're listening to, Coach Lou Holtz, his autobiography out, Wins, Losses, Wins, Losses, and Lessons, currently in uh, finer bookstores, as well as you can find it online, Amazon.com, BarnesandNobles.com. Coach, uh, let's get a little bit into the book. Uh, of course, you say there are four things that every person has to uh, has to follow for, uh, I'd say, a, an enriching life. Well, Someone to be, or a, uh, what's it? Something to do. Something to do. Someone, someone to, to love, love. Something to hope for. And something to believe in. Okay. If you have all four of those, you got a complete life. But if you're missing any one of those, you're going to find a void there. All right. Now I got to ask you this. Now, in the let's say between the nineteen six in the nineteen sixty five year nineteen sixty five, you're in Columbia, South Carolina. You're working for eight thousand dollars. At the University of South Carolina, you took a $3,000 pay cut to work with Coach Paul Dietzel. Went from 11 to 8. Okay, you went from 11 to 8,000. Uh, even, I mean, even $11,000 in 1965, not a great deal of money, but to go no. down to $8,000, how do you live on that? Well, it came down to a choice, and this is where logic helped. $8,000 wasn't very much, but it was better than nothing. That's true. I mean, <laughs> and that was the only other option. Because you were unemployed at that point, correct? I was unemployed. What happened? I went to a, a South Carolina under a gentleman by the name of Marvin Bass. 
And I was there one month. We spent every cent we had in the bank for a down payment on a home. And I got up on a Monday morning. I'll never forget it. And the state headlines of the paper read, Marvin Bass resigns. And I said to my, oh, I said to my wife, I wonder if he's related to my coach. And lo and behold, all of a sudden, I'm unemployed. And after my wife gave birth to our son, Kevin, who's now a lawyer, and I might add, when he got out of law school, I said, Kevin, What's the most important thing you learned in law school? He said, if somebody's going to go to jail, make sure it's your client, not you. I said, that's very good. <laughs> My wife then went to work as an x-ray technician. I was a stay-at-home dad. And it was then that I set the 107 goals that I wanted to do with my life. And then after a couple of months, Coach Diesel called and said, if you'll take a $3,000 pay cut, we'll put you in charge of uh, academics and let you coach the scout squad. And so that was the only option I had to stay in coaching. And that's what I did. And, and you make sacrifice. But it's like when I was growing up. I was a depression baby. I, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but. I will celebrate the 49th anniversary of my 21st birthday. Of course. <laughs> and, and so, you know, my dad had gone to the third grade, and uh, there wasn't welfare. There wasn't food stamps. I was born in a cellar. There was one bedroom, my mother, my father, my sister, myself, no closet, a kitchen, and a half bath. And that's all we had. And, and I was small, and I had a lisp, and people picked on me. People made fun of me, but I didn't need a shrink. I didn't need to see a psychiatrist. Uh, but, you know, it didn't what you have. It's who you had. And what I had was I had aunts, I had uncles, I had grandparents, and that's where your confidence comes from. And today, people give their children everything, but they don't give them their time and their attention. And so you're going to make sacrifice if you're going to be successful. You people have a great show here, and Sirius has uh, been unbelievably successful, but I guarantee you, you've made sacrifices in order to do it. And so all we looked at is we have one another, let, let's make sacrifices in order to be successful. Coach, I I love how all of your stories lead to a lesson, and there are so many great anecdotes in the book. Tell me about your first time on a football field. Well, that was uh, St. Aloysius, and incidentally, uh, we were playing Immaculate Conception. I didn't realize at the time, but you remember the Little Rascals, the Harmonica? Well, the Grow Brothers uh, are from Wellsville. They played for the Immaculate Conception team in that game. And I was in the fifth grade on an eighth grade team, and the only reason I was, my uncle was a coach, and I kept following him around on the side. Uncle Lou put me in. Uncle Lou finally puts me in in safety. Well, lo and behold, I'm in there one play, and a guy busts through the line, and and I'll tell you what, he must have went to high school on a GI Bill. I I mean, that that sucker looks so old, and he comes running down at me and I'm a little old scared kid so I did what any great football player would do at age eight or whatever I ducked my head and missed it completely <laughs> you gave him the old leg yeah I, 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 there wasn't any way I wanted to tackle him and this is what I learned at that time I walked off the field and I saw the disappointment in my uncle the disappointment in my teammates that I didn't even try and what what becomes obvious to me is any physical pain will fade the mental pain will stay with you a long time. And you can live when you let yourself down, but it's hard to live when you let other people down. That's why I take the the responsibilities and the obligations very, very serious. But everything happens in your life, and you learn something from it, and that made a lasting impression on me. The voice you're listening to, Coach Lou Holtz. He, of course, the coach of the Notre Dame team from 86 to 96. Uh, of course, the head coach of the one they won that world championship, the national championship in 1988. And, of course, he's the author of an autobiography out, written, of course, by him. Wins, Losses, and Lessons, currently available in stores. Coach, I want to talk a little bit about 1968. Your dream job ha- was there in front of you. You're still an assistant over at South Carolina. 
But uh, as you had said uh, in passing to a friend, um, one day I'd love to coach for the great uh, one, one of the, for the great uh, Woody Hayes. Woody Hayes. I can't believe I just forgot that name. Of course, for the great Woody Hayes at Ohio State. Now you go to the uh, American Football Coach Conference here in New York right City. Right here in New York. Right here in New York City. And by the time that conference is over, you're handed two jobs, or essentially you are give, two jobs are placed in Offered. front of you. Absolutely. One from Woody Hayes and the yeah. other from Bud Carson at Georgia Tech. Now your entire family. Now it seems you had said it seems that your family was all about go to Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, but but let me tell you something. Georgia Tech offered me something like 50, they offered you the sun, moon, and the stars. Fifteen thousand dollars a car, a down payment on a home, two trips to Florida for my family. What Coach Hayes and they would move me, put me up in a hotel to move my family. And Coach Hayes offered me a job at Ohio State for thirteen thousand. So I was going to go to, to Georgia Tech. They were pretty good then. And uh, and I got to ask you now, Coach Dietzel and most of the coaching staff in South Carolina and a lot of the coaches you would ask said no way you should go play no way absolutely. you should go coach for Woody Hayes absolutely. he's a lunatic he's a maniac yes and was it okay was it partially because he kind of was a lunatic and a maniac or was it because they didn't like uh, coach Hayes I mean he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way well he does I, and I, I felt that it was justified because as I say in a book after uh, after I accepted the job at Ohio State they couldn't announce it for two weeks until the board met because coach Hayes had a bad year in 1967 so I'm down in South Carolina. I go to the office every day, and they're saying, don't go there. So I decided not to go. So I called him. I got him at Tom Campana's house. I'll never forget it. We're both recruiting him. And I told him I was not going. He said a world's record of four-letter words in a two-minute period. I almost (laughs) almost hung up on him, but I thought, hey, I I owe it to him to listen to him. And finally, he stopped. He said, I don't know what caused you to accept the job, but it's still there. He said, it may be dormant right now, but he was absolutely right. The reason I wanted to leave was everything they did at South Carolina was by seniority. So I go to Ohio State, the very first staff meeting. I, I, I have my coach stolen. My wife had bought me to go up there, and it was snowing. I go into a staff meeting. Coach Hayes uh, gets in a fight with an assistant coach. <laughs> over. Uh, we had to break it up over academics. He gets mad. He throws a projector through the window. I'm sitting there. Oh my gosh. And, and we walk out, and I hear a guy behind me singing. It's Tiger Ellison. And I said, Tiger, I, 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 he said, oh, you'll get used to it. I said, but I'll tell you this. Woody Hayes, for all the things you hear about, one of the greatest people I've ever worked for, had a great impact upon my life. And the lessons I learned I talk about was he didn't care whether he liked him. He didn't care whether people talked about him. What he cared about was making you the very best that you possibly could. And if you're in a leadership role, your obligation is not to be popular. I don't care if you're a parent or if you're a football coach or if you're a business person. Your obligation is to set standards, to be the leader and inspire people on to greatness. Coach Lou Holtz here with us. I I have to ask you one of the greatest stories I read in the book. Another lesson learned is even bad things can end up being a wonderful thing. You broke a key off in a door. Tell that story. Oh, well, it was July 22nd, and uh, I was coaching at Arkansas. Then it was about 1982, and I had to make a speech for Northwest Mutual in the Hyatt Regency. The hotel had only been open a month. I come in that day. I'm speaking at 4 o'clock. There's no air conditioning in the taxi. I'm dirty. I got a shower. I get to go up my room, put the key in. It breaks off on the 11th floor. That has that open atrium, and I 
got mad. I went over, called the people. They said, we don't have another room. It's sold out in Northwest Mutual. They'll send a guy up. Guy comes up with a screwdriver. It doesn't help. <laughs> so now I'm really mad. I'm frustrated. i got to speak in about an hour, and I kick the door. And I'm really mad, and I hear a guy, hey, Lou Holtz, I'm going to call the police on you. You can't do that. And I look up, and it's Bob Hope. He's on the 12th floor. <laughs> Bob Hope. Well, Bob Hope was a friend of mine, and I had played That's in a nice friend to have, by the way. And uh, <laughs> I, I, it goes back to the Tonight Show with him. But in any event, I said, Bob, I, I, I can't get in my room. I got my suitcase. I got to speak in an hour. I got to shower. That's why I'm mad. He said, well, I got a big suite. Come on up here. You can shower. And so I go up to his suite, and he said, I got a big suite here. He said, well, why don't you go make your speech, come back, we'll have dinner. I got to perform tonight. He said, spend the night here. So it's great. So I go make my speech, come back, we're having dinner. I said, Bob, would you do me a favor? Would you call my wife and wish her happy anniversary? That's how I remember, July 22nd. He said, yeah. So I get her on the phone, and I just dial the phone, give him the phone. And he said, uh, Beth, this is Bob Hope. I'm just calling to wish you a happy, I don't know, 24th wedding anniversary. And he goes on and say, I know how special these days are. I know how much it means to Dolores and I. And he goes on, and he finally says, can I talk to Lou? He said, what do you mean Lou's not there? He said, this is your anniversary. He said, you mean to tell me that sucker isn't with you? And you're in. I wouldn't say that. I'll bet that guy's out cheating on you. And I'm standing right there by him. And every anniversary, my wife and I think about that call. That's great. The voice you're listening to, Coach Lou Holtz. The book is called Wins, Losses, and Lessons, his autobiography. Coach, if there's one thing that folks should kind of take away from the book, what should that one thing be? Well, I think it would be the fact that uh, if you didn't show up, who would miss you and why? If you didn't have this radio show, would your listeners miss you and why? If you didn't go home, would your family miss you and why? If uh, if your company went out of business, who would miss you and why? And you always want to make sure you live your life where not you have 9 million friends, but you don't want your wife to have tire pallbearers when you pass away either. But I, I think it's important to be positive and to make a contribution and a positive asset to anything you're going to be part of. And to me, that's the only lesson. There's so many lessons in there about what happened to me, but I think that would be the main one. Try to make a difference. Coach, you're known as one of the best college coaches of all time, but you did have a professional stint there for a minute. You had some interesting <laughs> stuff go on with the New York Jets. Do you remember one of your first days there? Oh, yeah, I sure do. I, I'm there about one day, and I said to Eloise, my secretary, I said, uh, get me Joe Namath on the phone because I wanted to set up meetings with players. She said, well, we don't have his phone number. And I said, pardon me. <laughs> she said, we don't have his phone number. I said, he is our quarterback. She said, no, but we don't have his phone number. When we want to talk to him, we call his agent, Jimmy Walsh. So I said, we'll get Mr. Walsh on the phone. I said, Jimmy got on the phone. He's very, very nice. And I said, I'll never forget. I said, Jimmy. And he started talking about Welcome New York. I said, I need to talk to Joe. Can you give me his phone number? And he very politely said, no, I can't do that. But I'll tell you what I can do. I can call Joe. And if he wants to talk to you, he'll call you. <laughs> I said, well, well, that'd be great. I said, but we, you know, we don't need a four hundred thousand dollar quarterback to go oh and eleven or whatever it was. And, oh man! And I tell you what, it wasn't twenty seconds later. Joe Namath called me, and Joe Namath said, uh, "Yeah, you can have my phone number, coach." And I'll say that of all the people I've ever coached, I don't know if anybody was more dedicated, more committed than Joe Namath. We had some very, very good football players here with the Jets. There's Some of them were getting a little older, like Winnie, the offensive tackle, Rich Caster, Barlow. But uh, I'll tell you, Joe Namath was a dedicated individual. And as I said in the book when I talk about it, 
the thing that I really regret more than anything professionally was coming to New York and then letting them down, not seeing it through. But I came here without a commitment. New York may be the best job in the world. But it's like anything else. If you approach it without a commitment, without understanding you're going to have to solve problems and solutions, you're going to be unhappy. You're going to be discontented. And I feel bad because I let people down, like Leon Hess, like Al Ward, Phil Islet. You know, not for nothing, I think you went 3-13, and and two of them, you beat my Buffalo Bills. Well, thank so, then, God. so then, in my opinion, you had a great season. Well, I, I, I watched you know, every night. I went to bed and thank God for Buffalo. <laughs> the voice you're listening to, Coach Lou Holtz. The book is called Wins, Losses, and Lessons. Available at finer bookstores as well as online. Final, co- final uh, question from us, Coach. You've had so many great accomplishments during your coaching career. Of course, you're responsible for the second greatest turnaround in essentially college football history with South Carolina when you went there late in your career. Which is the most meaningful to you, South Carolina, the 88 championship with the uh, with the Irish, or uh, or uh, uh, back when you coached William Mary to their first ever postseason? Boy, that that would be difficult because it's all a learning process you go along in life. You know, when I went to William Mary and we had more Marys than we had Williams. <laughs> and I was going to run the Ohio State-style offense, which didn't work. So you had to adjust. You had to change. But I think being at Notre Dame was just special. I mean, if you've been there, you don't need an explanation. If you haven't, none, none satisfactory. It's yeah. just a great environment. It, being a Catholic uh, and having three children graduate from there, being able to coach my son Skip there who – Roughed the punter against Southern Cal. <laughs> you still remember? And, 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 oh, I remember that. That's when I decided that I now understand why certain species of animals devour the <laughs> But uh, I, I've just been blessed. I've got a lovely wife of 45 years. We have four beautiful children and nine grandchildren and been blessed. You know, I, I just want to say very quickly, Skip helped to turn around that UConn program, though. Oh, I want to tell you what, Skip's an excellent coach. Someday I will be known as Skip's father. I just, he's now the head, <laughs> I highly doubt that, He's sir. now the head coach of East Carolina. He, he asked me to come down and watch him scrimmage, and I did Saturday. And I tell you what, he, he's doing a nice Good job coach. down there. He, he really is, and I'm very proud of him, proud of all our children. But I also want to congratulate you people on what you've done. And I can't begin to tell you what an important role your organization plays. God, there's nothing more frustrating than travel and try to get a station on longer than five minutes without losing. So, <laughs> Thanks, we appreciate it, Coach. Satellite radio is a thing. And now I understand you can even buy little ones that you can put in rent-a-cars. So, yeah, yeah, they're yep. in the rent-a-cars, okay, absolutely. I, well, I'm asking my wife to look into it because – I have a 1990 Tempo is what I drive. and You are not driving a 1990 Tempo. I am driving a 1990 Tempo, and the way you can double the value Coach, of Coach, I know you have a couple of bucks. Can't you at least spring for the Acura? <laughs> no, Come I, on. I have a 1990 Tempo, and if I want to double the value of it, I fill it up with gas. <laughs> But, hey, I want to tell you, I go make an important speech. I'll go over to the Dolphin. I drive up in that old 90 tempo. No, oh, wait, no, I mean, it, but it, it's me. It's just me. I, I enjoy it. That's great. The voice you've been listening to, Coach Lou Holtz. The book is called Wins, Losses, and Lessons, his autobiography, available online. Also available in finer bookstores everywhere. I w- for college football fans, for, for Notre anybody. Dame fans, it's a great book it's to great pick up. Book. We've had a great time reading it, and we've had a, uh, an unbelievable honor to have you in studio it's with us. It's been my pleasure to be here what i have found it is just it's about life it's not just about football well what a pleasure the next time you're in town or whenever hell if you, if you just want to call me on the phone feel free absolutely <laughs> i look forward to being on your program again we love to have you Thank anytime you. you wish once again i'm your man t daddy two share sexy and larry shea joined in studio by coach lou holtz this has been the fellas on sirius sports action 123 we'll be back right after this
So that was Lou Holtz. And guys, what a great job. That was such an interesting and an insightful conversation. The, the, the nuggets that came out of, out of that thing were incredible. Some of the things he said, like, you know, it, especially like, you know, imagine if you if your audience didn't have you around, what would those what would that be like for them? If, you know, if they if they didn't have the, the ability to listen to what you the, the, the wisdom you had to impart upon them. You know, those are things I actually carry now to my to my jobs later on in life. These are things that I've I've carried on with me to other places. A lot of what he said in that interview and and his book that he gave to us as well. I carry on to this day. I think there's a lot of wisdom that was in that book. And once again, I just, I loved that interview. First of all, any guy who's had a chance to speak to Bob Hope, come on, what are we talking <laughs> about? That is awesome. Although I will say, I, I, do, I don't believe for a second that that man was still driving around at a, in a Toyota Corolla when he was still at Notre Dame. I don't believe that for a second. I was don't it a Corolla it a or second. a Pinto or what, what did he call it? Uh, it, was uh, some, it was some sort of shitbox car. I know at yep. some point the man had enough money to buy another car. I just know this. <laughs> I love how you busted his chops about it. Um, and speaking of busting chops, I mean, Bob Hope busting your chops with your wife on the phone saying, what is that bum not doing there for your anniversary? It's just priceless. The stories are priceless. <laughs> uh, you know, we only had a small window here, T. I, I feel like we could have gone forever with this interview. He was so personable, so nice. I, I just, I, when I listen to the interview, I'm literally taken back to the moment. And as you said, so many life lessons and so many things that I carry with me to this day that he imparted such wisdom in the book, in the interview, and I, I'll forever remember it. And I'll forever remember being thankful that we had a chance to do it. You know, it's when you talk about the wisdom and experience, you know, there was a line that caught my attention, uh, which I wrote down. Even bad things can become wonderful things. And, yes. and the reason why that stuck with me is that that's exactly what we're doing with our program. That's what No Wrong Choices is all about. You put yourself out there, things go right, things go wrong, you learn from everything, and, and everything winds up having a meaning and a purpose at some point along the way. And that, to me, that was a very big theme of that conversation. So thank you, Lou Holtz, for affirming the, the value proposition of No Wrong Choices and for joining Tushar and Larry all the way back in 2006. Thank you again to SiriusXM for allowing us to share that with you. As I mentioned off the top, we'll be sharing other interviews from our old show, The Fellas, over the next few weeks as we get ready for Season 3 of No Wrong Choices. We'll launch that just after Labor Day. In the interim, we hope you'll explore some older episodes of No Wrong Choices that you may have missed along the way and encourage you to subscribe or follow us on your podcasting platform of choice and on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, and now X by searching for No Wrong Choices. On behalf of Tushar Saxena and Larry Shea, I'm Larry Samuels. Thank you again for joining us. And remember, there are no wrong choices on the road to success. We learn from every experience.